0: Hi, and welcome to the Art Teacher Mentor Podcast, where we explore the intersection of teaching, art, and personal growth in and out of the classroom. Join me, Lauren Nolte, as I share insights, strategies, and inspiration to empower art educators and nurture creativity in students. Each episode, we delve into topics such as curriculum development, teaching techniques, fostering artistic expression, and finding balance between teaching and personal artistry. Whether you're an experienced art teacher or just starting your journey, this podcast serves as your mentor and cheerleader. Hey everyone, welcome back to Art Teacher Mentor, and I am so excited to be talking with you all today about watercolor and watercolor techniques. Before we dive into this topic today, I just want to let you all know though, I do not love teaching watercolor. I think it's my least favorite medium out of all the mediums. I like painting it for myself, but teaching it is a whole other ball game. And maybe y'all can relate to this, but for me, you have to really spend some time teaching the watercolor techniques and the importance of patience and waiting. And there's just so many things you have to incorporate to master, um, the delicate art of watercolor. And this goes for, you know, elementary, middle school, high school and beyond. (laughs) So there's a lot of possibilities with watercolor and this medium is truly pretty awesome. I believe, um, there's just a lot of experimentation and different things that kids can do. Um, but you know what, if you don't know how to use it, you can tear a hole in that paper real fast and get some mud real fast. And then it becomes just the opposite of fun, especially, uh, with students. And so, and, and for us teachers, you know, when we look at their artwork at the end of the day, we're like, Oh wait, darn, you know? Um, anyway, so I'm going to talk about, some things on how to prevent that happening and show y'all something that, um, well, I said show, but tell y'all, talk to y'all about some things that I do to make it a little bit more accessible and uh, where they have outcomes that they like. In my earlier episode, I discussed how I separate my um, wet media and my dry media. My dry media is always out, but my wet media will come out after I teach it. So I teach a nine weeks uh, course and I rotate it out. So my students, once I go over watercolor techniques with them and we do a lesson together, the watercolor will stay out for the entire rest of the um, course and they can use it anytime they want after um, we go over the rules of it and how to use it material supplies and all of that for my introduction students they do not have the option of watercolor until I teach it to them for my intermediate students I do give them the opportunity to use it Um, I just kind of monitor the intermediate students and just make sure that they remember the techniques from intro and if I notice they're not doing the techniques um, Or they're like not using the supplies accurately then i'll just reteach it like a one-on-one basis Um, so this is really geared more focused to my introduction students that i'm going to be talking about with you guys and um everything i do with intermediate as well but it's more of if i notice they need that um, reteaching moment so we spend one class period on watercolor techniques And if y'all go online, you will find tons of examples of watercolor techniques. But I just focus on a few. I focus on creating value um, washes, so light to dark with just one color. And then I show the students how to take complementary colors and make a um, chromatic neutral. And then I teach the students wet on wet, wet on dry, assault and a resist. And then I teach them how to lift and also give them just a free choice that they can make up their own technique. And I'm trying to give that to them so they can kind of just do whatever they want in there and kind of get some ownership. I give them a half sheet of watercolor paper. So I guess the half sheets about a four by six. They also have the option to do this in their sketchbook. If they have a watercolor, or mixed media sketchbook. This year, I did request for my students to get a mixed media sketchbook, and most of them did, so that way they can keep this in their sketchbook. It just makes it so much easier instead of having to tape it in. For watercolor paper, I use Blick watercolor paper for their techniques, and I use Canson for their lesson. I just like using a higher level of watercolor paper for um, their lessons, and I'm not so concerned about the techniques. If we need to get a new paper or something like that, I just, it's more economical for us. To prep their paper for, for techniques, I have the students um, use a stencil, and they will do um, five shapes three times, so they'll do like a row of five circles, a row of five circles, and then a row of five circles, or they could do a row of squares. It does not matter, but they need to do three rows of five. For the watercolor, I ordered Crayola watercolor and the refills, and the refills come with a little plastic holder for each color, and I'll pop them out and replace it With one of every primary so it's a little bitty plastic thing I don't know what you would call it and I just put a red yellow and blue in it and it's very easy to pass out and pick up and then I'll just pop one out if um, it is low and I'll replace it so that's what I do whenever I'm teaching watercolor technique um, so we don't have the whole tray when we do our bigger lessons I do provide children with the larger tray but I will pop out brown and black, and sometimes they might need those colors, but usually they will know how to make their browns and make the grayish, blackish color as well, so we don't use it that much, Um, but I just wanted to let y'all know about that, and I use Crayola and Prang. After we have all of our shapes on the paper, we will start with our primary colors, and for this day, it's only the red, yellow, and blue. And the students can choose one of those colors or they can mix, um, you know, primaries together to create a secondary and they can use that. But they just need to start with one color. It could be whatever color they choose. And on the first five circles, they're going to do a value scale. So it's to show how you can have the watercolor go light to dark and how using more water makes it lighter, less water makes it darker. So they'll put that across the top. Um, and labeling it light to dark. So for the next row of colors, I do the chromatic neutrals. And it's so important for me to show the students that they can make a brown without a brown. So we'll look at the color wheel. We have gone over color theory the day before, and I also have like hand um, display on my wall and things like that. So the kids will have to choose, you know, what complementary color set they want to use for this row of five so they can put yellow on the far left they could put purple on the far right and then in the very center they need to use equal parts yellow equal parts purple and it will make a neutral and then on the left side of that they will add a little bit more yellow less purple so it's more of a yellowy uh, neutral and then on the other side of that on the right side it'll be more purple, less yellow. And so it gives the range there with that center being the most neutral. All right, for the last set of five, I will show the students how to do wet on wet. And that is where you use plain water and you put it down on the shape. And, of course, you don't have to use the shapes, but it really is helpful for the students. So, plain water, and then they'll take any color they want, and they just drop it onto that um, square or circle or whatever shape. And so they can see how the water and the watercolor kind of blend together. And you can go further and say, try this with another color. So, do just a wet wash of blue, and then take... and see what happens but I always do it with just clear water so they can just see the technique the next one that I do is wet on dry and what that means is your paintbrush is wet with water and paint pigment um, but you're using it on a dry piece of paper and the paper could be plain watercolor paper never been painted on dry or it could be you have painted and you've let it dry, and you're painting on top of it, and I like to show the students how they can uh, dab their brush on a paper towel before they paint on their paper to make it even drier, because the brush can leave, um, it's more liney, and it, it looks like there could be like you know, there's more texture and more hairs in it too. Or it could just be a a more controlled line. So it could just be like a a straight line that doesn't bleed or blend. And so um, I love teaching those two techniques together, the wet on wet and then the wet on dry. The next technique, I teach salt. So it could be wet on wet, wet on dry. It just needs to have some moisture on the paper and they will sprinkle salt, let it dry, dust the salt off, and it leaves a fun little texture. For the resist, we use crayons or oil pastels. Be mindful of the washable crayons. If you use a washable crayon, it doesn't use a resist as much as just regular crayons I have found. So um, if you aren't sure, oil pastels, and you just draw on the paper and paint over it. And the oils or the wax from the crayons, will repel the water. Also during all of this time I teach the students to take a piece of paper towel and scrunch it up and dab their paper and show them how to lift and so if they have a mess up or oops they don't want in their lesson that is to come they know how to remove any um, accidental splatter or if they've added too much water or pigment they can lift it the last square, like I said before, is just the student choice to give them some ownership and let them experiment. I don't give them a large sheet of paper, so they can also paint around into the negative space or into their sketchbook, but I just give them that little space so they know that they can do that. All right, so after we've gone over the technique, the next day we go into a lesson, and I give them another small sheet because this is intro I don't want to spend too much time on their lesson, uh, a a few days, but we only have nine weeks. So I like to keep it small and brief. And I also feel like it helps them with their success. So for right now, because it's going into the fall season, we we painted pumpkins. And I showed them these techniques using pumpkins. I am looking at these pumpkins that my students painted on my phone, so I can have this visual to talk to y'all about it, and I'm just so proud of their work. So these are 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. I really only have a few 8th graders, like 2 or 3. It's majority 6th grade, and um, when I taught elementary, you know, they were just so heavy handed with watercolors, so I used just the concentrated watercolor. That was already liquid, and and I just added water to it. And I just kind of had them do full washes on their paper. I would show them a little bit of technique, um, but not really. We would just, you know, have salt out if we were doing a winter theme and things like that. So it's really fun to get to teach um, students in middle school to. I'm always thinking in my mind, okay, how am I getting them ready for high school? How am I getting them ready for. Um, the next thing and so um, I take it I try to take it pretty seriously um, but I still want them to have fun and I still want it to be simple like the elementary times were so a few weeks ago my students learned about contour across contour lines and then we just finished a still life unit where we created um, a still life with value And so, the pumpkin, I felt, was a great um, subject because it's fall, like I said earlier. But also, it kind of blends what we have already been focusing on and practicing in the classroom. And with nine weeks, I like to try to scaffold as much as possible and build off prior learning. So, we drew a pumpkin. We did look at references of pumpkins on um, pixabay.com and unsplash.com. Those are two websites I love to use for student references. Um, I did not have pumpkins in class. I have had pumpkins in class in the past, but for this particular lesson, we did not. So we looked at the light source of the pumpkins and we made sure that the students were all aware of where the highlights were, the shadows, the cast shadows, All of that. And um, once we did that. I had the students um, get orange. We just used straight orange. um, And they used the darkest they could. They put it in their well. And then they slowly lightened it up. To make a light orange. So um, they had a range of orange. And then I showed the kids. How to do just a wash. On their pumpkin. And uh, of the lightest orange. That they could create leaving some white space for their highlight. And as I'm teaching this pumpkin lesson, this is also another techniques lesson because um, I want the kids to, um, you know, of course, be patient, um, start light, and we can build up the darker over time um, to layer, to let things dry in between layers, um, you know not to mix complementaries unless you want brown um, and that's really important to use those things and to not puddle or wrinkle your paper or overwork it and stuff so there's a lot of things that we're going over while we're doing these pumpkin uh, paintings after that first light wash where we block in everywhere that we want to paint and we have that highlight, we'll use like a middle middle tone of orange and they'll paint. And I'll just show them how to plop it on there using uh, cross contour lines. And they can do wet on wet, wet on dry, um, blending it, but um, still at this step, but mostly it's pretty dry. So that way they're not overworking their paper. So as they're doing this, we're doing this all together and I'm demoing On the board and and broadcasting it so that way they can see like me doing it and again I don't do this every time but for the first two lessons of watercolor it's you know one technique two let's do it in practice with this lesson and then after that I feel like they can go and explore it beyond for themselves and experiment with brushes or different techniques and textures or paint sizes But it's just really important, I feel, for these first two lessons to be, you know, guiding them. After they have their light wash and their medium uh, orangey, you know, pumpkin-y color. And they're following the cross contours of the pumpkin, paying attention to the highlights and shadows. I have the kids mix blue or purple Um, But blue, because it's a chromatic neutral, um, they're taking blue and orange, which are, you know, complementary. And they're canceling each other out to make a neutral. They are going to put that neutral in for their dark areas on their pumpkin. So they will do that for their cast shadow and the little lines, like the cross-contour lines, and any shadows they want to add. I'll show them how to add a little extra blue on top of that and it makes it kind of greenish and then they'll paint their stem too um their stem shadow as well while they're painting i remind them as i'm demonstrating to just drop the paint and let it kind of go freely and that's kind of what watercolor is you can't focus on painting it in like acrylic paint or tempera you've kind of got to let the watercolor do its thing and Um, leaving white spaces as they're working and not coloring over the entire pumpkin every time they change a color to leave some of that first um, wash coming through. And that gives it a nice sense of depth. And I will also do assessments as I'm doing this. I'll ask them questions and they will respond like, why did I want to do this? Or why should we do this? Or things like that. Or I'll even say like, why do we want to let it dry in between layers and that sort of thing? And, um, I'll even show them, Oh no, this is what happens if you don't wait, or this is what happens when you um, add too much water and you, um, rub your paintbrush too much, it will tear. Um, and I'll show them what to look for if the paper is getting, um, too wet and puddly, or if there's like the little pills of, um, paper that's starting to, you know, bubble up I guess. Um, I'll show them how to look for that and to control their level of water. Now the pumpkin is complete for my students and it will dry. In the next class I will have the students um, get their artwork back and they will get to create whatever they want for the background. If they want to just do a wash of color or if they want to um, give it a scene I also give the option for them to cut out their subject matter, which for us, it was a pumpkin, and we will glue it onto um, another paper, and so right before this lesson, we did marbled paper with chalk, and so I showed them how to glue the pumpkin onto the chalk paper, and some students I showed them how if they wanted to make leaves or if they want to do other watercolor drawings with the techniques and they cut it out and they glued it on the chalk paper and so it just makes it a finished work that way as well and I love giving kids options like that. Um, It also inspires them to know that they can do that for their future lessons or when they go into intermediate or if they get to go to advanced or high school that they're starting to think about mixing their medias together as well. I don't know if y'all can hear my voice, but I drank some tea earlier and now I'm just so tired. (laughs) So I feel like I started off pretty high in my voice, uh, the pitch, and now I'm getting towards the end and I'm starting to kind of fade. So I don't know if y'all can notice that or not, or if it's even showing, but I just thought that was funny. I'm going to leave it here with y'all today. I hope you have a wonderful week of teaching. Send me a message. Um, If you teach uh, watercolor and what you do, I would love to share it on the podcast or my Instagram. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Also, if you heard a little howl in my podcast, that was my daughter. She had to make her little cameo. So uh, she's so proud of herself. I hope you'll have a wonderful day, like I said, and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.